Hey guys, and welcome to this week's podcast. I am your host, uh, Joey Vassallo, and to my right, I have Cal Ness, and to my left, we have Quabby Quaddle. <laughs> not Quabby anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you're a little quabby. No, L- a little not. bit. I am Just not. a little bit, though. A little quabby. Now, yeah. earlier, before we got on film, actually, technically, we were on film, we were laughing so hard that we've had to redo this so many times, yeah. so we apologize, however... The vibe is high, and we are having so much fun. I literally have not laughed that hard in months. Oh, yeah. And so my chest hurts. My eyes are probably really red because I've been literally crying. Cal's a big crier as it is, and Quabby yeah. Quado is <laughs> yeah, the biggest cryer. Cry baby. You know? Yeah. But no, I just want to start off by talking about our first sponsor for the podcast. It's Migra Ammunitions, guys. 2-4 stack, 1-3 stack. That stacked load is so consistent and it absolutely hammers the birds. I cannot say good enough things about this ammo. If you had to pick one, just blend like a two, four, one, three, what would you just pick if you just had to stick with one? Dude, honkers, uh, one, three, ducks, two, four. It just, it crushes them, man. And I love it. Yeah. You know, when I first got it, I wondered if like the one, three would be enough or if I'd need two BB. Mm. The one, three is definitely enough. Actually, I, th- I felt pretty comfortable shooting 2-4. It's, really, it's all really good, yeah. man. And honestly, what it comes down to, too, is not shooting them outside of 30. Yeah. You know? And if you have a consistent pattern, you're going to kill them. 100%. So go check them out, guys. But I don't know if you guys saw on our Instagram story, Cal and I have been gearing up pretty hard here for a season. And it's been unbelievable. Yeah. Bought that pontoon last year for so cheap. And I took everything off the deck and framed up two walls. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. Cal finally came and helped I me did. build this pontoon blind. And I am so stoked, dude. I'm so excited. I have so many plans for it. I'm going to spray foam the inside. We're going to put a, a black stone or something in there, just like a flat top griller. And God, it's going to be so good. I just had to see it, you know, like I had to see it and come over and help you work on it. And then I got my creative juices flowing, and I was pumped about it. Right. So my bad. Definitely took too long to come over and help on it. Right. Two weeks before um, duck opener. But here we are, you know, and we can't live in the past. Just move forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm pumped. I'm super pumped. There's a ton of room in it, which is insane. It's like weird that you get up there. You don't realize how big a pontoon deck is going to be it's big. in terms of a blind until you're in there, and you're like, this is not like an A-frame. So much room for activities. Oh, it's so much room for activities. For real. Yeah. You know, and Cal is like so up to code and whatever, and we're trying to build a duck blind, and he's like, we need to put tin on the inside of this is where we're going to put the grill, and it's like, dude, <laughs> like, no, this cut needs to be like this, the bevel needs to be perfect in the degree, and he's giving me all these measurements, and I'm like, hey, man, it hits a duck in blind. In my defense, in my defense, <laughs> it looks that unbelievable. would be pretty normal. You know, like if I was like calling out bevels and stuff, it would be like, that, w- that wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. Seven degrees, short like, to long. 56 and a quarter strong. I'm just like, hey, you got to slow down. You got to slow down. The numbers man. were, the Galifianakis was happening. Just the numbers were moving in my head, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. writing it down on the two by four, and I'm yeah. like, no. Well, how do I even write this? <laughs> we made a lot of patterns. <clears throat> but no, it it's going to be sick. We still have to paint it, spray foam it, brush it, finish up the last couple of touches, waterproofing it, and it's going to be on We've- a private pond. We've and heard I'm that very excited. We've heard that we should be concerned about the weight of it trying to get it there. Yeah. I honestly I might have to film it. I it's know. only nine Yeah, nine and then minutes the away. boat launch that we're putting it in on. 
not good. It's it's not good. It's not a boat launch. How about it's, that? Yeah. It's, it's a like a hole that goes. It's like an alligator slide. It's a it's a natural <laughs> hole in the trees. It looks, it looks like an alligator slide. It's like where an alligator would get into the water. And that's about how big it is. God. Might have to do some bobcat work. Probably. Just to get that thing in there. Joey told me today his idea was that we would just line it up good and <laughs> give it hell. Put plywood down where it's super muddy and then yeah. just give her hell and just slide that bitch. Might right have off. to. Might literally not have a choice. Are we right. going to take the motor off? Yeah. 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 I, I think I need to get a sneak boat, it. dude. You do need to get a sneak boat. Because it'd be fun. It'd be fun to do the two sneak boat thing. Mm-hmm. But thinking about it, it's just a cool thing. I want to hunt out of one. I got to check it out. Well, you can borrow mine in the meantime. That's what I was going to say. Can I borrow yours mm-hmm. and go check it out? My suggestion uh, is don't take it out on big water. So if you're going to take it out, take it out on like small water. Well, it's perfect for like throwing in the bed of the truck. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's got a little, I think it's a 12, 12 horse Briggs and Stratton. How long it. is your your sneak boat? It's like 12 feet. 10 foot no it's 10 foot okay 10 foot but what was crazy is like you stand up in it and it's so stable yeah that's like what i want to see like i want to feel that for myself truly stable it's weird it like sticks to the water i would have thought that it would be very like canoe like you know yeah me too which is super sketch so that's why i was just wondering like how sturdy is it I wonder to well, how wide is yours because they make they have like a 42 inch wide one don't they it's like very um it's very Sloped wide toward the water but like the part that you can access yourself is very not so so I wouldn't even know what to tell you mm. it can fit the width can fit in my truck bed oh yeah so yeah I don't know how wide it is exactly but yeah I'm very excited to do that I'm just excited to hunt some water because the duck numbers man are insane yeah yeah and it's weird too because i was telling you earlier in the year like right around where i live remember i was saying how many ducks i was seeing yeah yeah and that's that shocked me now granted we never had that much water but i've never seen that many ducks like in that area and then when the survey came out and said that we were low i was just a little bit shocked by that which i know we talked about last week so we don't have to touch on that but yeah no it's weird no i think with uh I think with water levels where they're at, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people, lot less of people hunting certain areas than they would have before. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, especially with the duck numbers out, I think it's going to be pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice to have one year where we get like that good push of mallards before Minnesota closes. Yeah. And I just, I feel like, I don't know why I feel like it's going to be this year. You think so? Yeah, dude, I just have this feeling that, like, with the numbers kind of in the beginning and how things look out in North Dakota and stuff right now, I mean, there's a lot of ducks flying around. Could be a good year, man. It could be a fun year in Minnesota, like, actually. Mm-hmm. I, just I don't, don't know that get, it will be. I just don't want to get my hopes up either. Yeah. I've no, been it's burned sad. before. It's very sad. Like, most of the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Um, dude, <laughs> let's talk about some of the stuff we have coming up. We have Duck Opener. Yeah, I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, I think it is Duck Opener, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, correct. So Duck Opener will have just happened. Yeah. So so Migra is going to come out and hunt with us for Opener. It's their start of their boat ramp tour. And so we're going to be hunting public water or private water, one of the two. We're going to have to use a boat regardless just because that's how, um, that's what ducks are hitting in our area. 
at that time of year because there's not really any grain off or anything. And so I'm Plus pretty it's excited. Just water, like I don't know. I don't want to hunt a field and opener. No, I want to hunt water. Fields are just not as special, man. Like you can say that. Shut up, Carter. Like those tornadoes of birds coming down on you are like it's it is unbelievable. Don't get me wrong, but there's just something about water where it happens more often than it does in the field, and it just feels more traditional and uh, like it's part of the duck hunting heritage. Like I feel like I'm doing it the right way, you know. Yeah, it's weird that you say that. Like I feel the exact same way. You know, I've always said like my favorite type of hunting is, is water hunting because it feels like I'm actually duck hunting. You know, like in course, yeah, feel like field hunting still feels like you're duck hunting. It's just different. It's like better. totally agree with you. It's just better. No, it's more water hunting's better. You. Yeah, field hunting's just better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Glad I'm we glad, all agree. No. Glad we all agree. None of us agree, by the way. Just so you know, you're the only one that agrees with that. Oh yeah. Oh, I think it has a lot to do with how you grew up hunting too. Yeah. And that's like my my way. Like we were talking about that lake out by you. Yep. And it's just like that's literally how I grew up hunting. And like when I think of my earliest times of hunting, it's I can always smell the duckweed and I can smell that disgusting slough. Yep. And it's just like it brings back all that nostalgia for me. It's like, yes. I can shoot one duck. Totally happy. You know, whereas a field hunt, so many times on a duck field hunt, it just doesn't, just feels kind of bloodthirsty. There's like zero romanticism in it. The tornadoes yeah, are pretty cool to watch. <laughs> they are. But how often do those tornadoes happen? Oh, where we are pretty, pretty often. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> to me, when I close my eyes and picture going duck hunting, like a duck hunt, I picture me standing in cattails and two mallards doing it perfect. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Carter, what do you picture? Tornado of mallards. Cornfield. 100%. Cornfield. Layup line, cornfield. Yep. Mallard tornado. Yep. Afternoon. Yeah. That's what you That's what you grew up doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what everybody says. That's what we ask everybody. You know, like, what would be, if you could pick your favorite ideal hunt, mostly everybody says what they started out doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I just but, I just feel at home, you know? Yeah. I totally I get like that. That's where I should be. Um, every year on opener, we typically, we know kind of at least a general idea of where we're going to hunt, um, which brings me one of our sponsors on X, because I know this year we might be scouting to find some different opportunities, right? Oh, Seems like scouting. what for what Joey's seen so far in that area might not have the same opportunities as we've had in the past. Well, it's it's mainly the... Like the last three, four years, we've shot mainly teal. Whereas, yeah. like years past, we'd shoot a lot of woodies, mallards. We'd shoot a pintail or two, wind widgeon. And yeah. so, I'm getting sick of shooting teal at that spot. Right. And so, I just want to give us some different opportunities. Like, I'd, I don't know. I just want to put in some more work and find something sick versus just like doing the traditional deal. Yeah. 100%. Um, so. Wait. That brings me into a point, though, which, by the way, guys, you can get 20% off using our code MWF20, but can you talk about a couple of the ways that you're, like, scouting in the early, like, especially when you're looking for ducks on water, Joe? Like, do you have some easy pointers and stuff for us? Of, like, how I'm finding birds? Yeah. Like, tell uh, me, like, you go to an area, or, we just had, had this question, actually, on Instagram the other day. You know, someone was like, I have a freelance hunt in the north coming up. You know, like, 
give me some just basic tips. Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is you go and find a spot with a lot of water, especially if you're going for ducks because they need water. And so you go and find a spot with a lot of water and a lot of ag around that area. Mm -hmm. And if you find both of those, more than likely you're going to find birds. If it's yellow and blue a lot in a big area, that's good. You're going to do go well. look that. Go look at that. Yeah. I mean, you can go as far as to like see how many cattle farmers are out there because they're more than likely cutting silage, which is an earlier cut of then, yep, then corn, then corn or beans, or it's probably around the same time as wheat, but, um, you want to look for wheat. You want to look for silage areas and you want to look for a lot of water. And so yeah. that's what I'm looking for, for our opener here. And you can use crop layers on Onyx to do that super easily. Mm-hmm. And the color is pretty dead giveaway to be honest, a lot of the time. So, yep. Love that. But no, yeah, use our discount code. Get yourself MWF some money 20. off. Get yourself some money off. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a banner on the screen. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to trying this year? Like, you got anything new that you want to try out? Or any, especially, like, spots. <laughs> like, is there spots that you've not hunted in the past or, like, that you've maybe avoided and you want to try and check out more? Yeah, I think there's going to be a decent amount of solo hunting this year. You know? Yeah. And... Uh, what's really nice for that is the sneak boat. And so there's a lot of areas where if you are 33 within 33 feet of the center line of the road, it's a mm-hmm. public access to the waterway. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to hit a lot of those this year and really just kind of, you know, be done by nine, no matter what. Yeah. And, um, you know, if someone else has a sneak boat or if they have a way we can get them in there. Cool. But I, I want to do a lot of smaller hunts this year. Yeah. I've been getting burned out on the on the eight to twelve man deal and Right. It's just kinda getting to me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm over it. And like Carter and I were migrator hunting what was that last Wednesday? Yep. Minnesota had a really big push. And like I was helping uh Matt Robertson at High Point Outfitters uh guide for migrators and it was fun, don't get me wrong. But at the same time it's like so much goose calling, so many people. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, I need to two to four, man. That's like my sweet spot. I need that. Yeah. I'm getting sick of the six to 12, man. Ugh. It hurts. And like, we shot so many geese with Matt. Yep. It was fun. It was a great time. I know I've said it before, but like, my favorite hunts are like, yeah, me and like you and my brothers or just like two or three of your best buddies, you know, going out and it's chill. It's so fun. Right. I love the sneak boat idea. Like I'm, I'm really pumped to try yours. Been I think thinking about really it a like lot. It. I've been looking at them on Facebook Marketplace. What are they going for? About you can get them. I mean, they go anywhere from like eight hundred to fifteen hundred. It just I, depends on what's on it, you know. Because I think I got, and I could be wrong. Uh, I actually know that he listens to the podcast, but uh, I'm pretty sure I bought the boat and the motor, and it had a blind with some raffia grass on it, and I think it was like eleven hundred. Oh, really? A thousand. So, like, it's ready to go. Oh, wow. That's cheap. And so, it's like, that's when I was like, I'm buying it. And I drove four hours to go grab it. Man, they vary in price. I mean, I've seen a couple of older ones that without a motor and stuff were like four or five hundred, I think, on Facebook Marketplace. But, you know, stuff with a motor, everything I've seen is like over a thousand bucks for sure. Maybe fifteen or hundred, two thousand. Just depends on what's on it. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd get a long tail or not. I wonder if I would just get a like a trolling motor and it's then just cool. push pull it in from it's, wherever. It's pretty cool, man. It's uh, 
it just gives me the ability to do whatever. Yeah. And that's what's really cool. It's it's a bitch to load in the that's back the of my That's the thing truck. I don't know if I'd be that You can disconnect about, it. Yeah. Like it's like it's the little um not wing nuts, but they have little spindles and then they tighten to the to the deal to the uh jack plate area. I want to know, but I don't know. So like when you tighten on a a tiller like an older tiller or whatever, you just like spin handles uh-huh. around and then it tightens. Oh it. yeah, like yeah. Two washers come together. Sure, yep. Okay. And so it's the same thing on that. Got it. And so, like, you can disconnect it pretty easily. And it's an air cooled engine. Such a lug though to move by yourself. It is heavy. It's not. Yeah. It's not light, but it's not not doable. No, it's you know? doable. It just kind of sucks. It sucks. I'd have to like pick and choose my battle with that. You know, if I ended up feeling like I was using it a lot to like hunt super shallow super muddy water then maybe it's like a necessity but if i was just going to go and hunt like a little pond in minnesota or something i probably wouldn't need it my thing is if it's like it's not expensive and they're so not expensive if, no right no like a brand new one i think from ppf mud motors is like 1500 bucks like for a motor that is pristine brand yeah. new right small like watercraft that motor goes way too fast for that boat it's kind of freaky Really? You know, like, I'm not going full throttle, ever. You're scooting. You're scooting. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, shit. You have to, like, move it and then hit throttle to, like, mm. turn. It's it's different. Ah. It's different. Sure, it's got some, some unique nuances to it. Mm-hmm. That's what the best motors have, though, unique nuances. Yeah. Unless they're Matt Robertson's boat, in which case, that's just ghost whisperer of motors. Like, yeah. I don't... Do we... Yeah, no, Matt and I talked about it on the podcast. I think so, but... That motor was so finicky. Yeah. I thought it was you too. And then when remember when you ran back and me and Noah were out yeah. moving decoys or setting decoys or whatever? Oh yeah, I couldn't get it started either. I mean I was paddling mm-hmm. that boat. <laughs> it sucked. Weird. Yeah. It was weird. But yeah, man, I'm just so, I'm just really excited to do those uh small water hunts and just shoot shoot my limit, shoot two limits maybe. Get someone else out there and just Hammer them. So, like, my wife is pregnant again. Yep. So, we're due at the end of February, uh, early March-ish. And uh, she's like, I really want to hunt more with you this year. Just because I don't know what's going to happen after two kids. I was like, for sure. Yeah. You know? So, the pontoon blind will help a lot with that. Because it's like, yeah, let's just walk out there and you wear your waders for 10 minutes and then take them off and wear boots in the blind. You know? So, you're... Warm with the heater and shit. We'll we'll do some foam in there, some spray foam. It'll be so nice and warmed up, and so put like a couple I'm, heaters. So like I'm excited about that type of oh, shit. Oh yeah, you know, and like all these people, like with work, I'm gonna be taking a bunch of people from work, and it's like I don't have any of the shit that I need. And it's like okay, I've got an extra jacket, I've got extra bibs, like whatever, but right. I don't have extra waiters for people. Mm. And so it's like that's the perfect place to bring those people out on. Yeah, it's like come experience it. We'll cook some bacon and eggs and have a blast. Maybe we'll shoot oh, yeah. a duck or two. Well, dude, and that's perfect too because, you know, I was thinking about it and like you were talking about laying down the two by twelves. Yeah. Dude, like we could easily just get like a freaking hundred dollar canoe out there. You know, just to transport people and whatever. Just in right. and out of there. Be super easy. I was actually thinking of keeping the sneak boat out there, motor out, grab ducks that the dog doesn't grab oh, yeah. or whatever and Yeah. Set decoys with it, pick up decoys with it. I think we're going to have to have a getter boat to get deeks and yeah. shit. Yeah, just a little yeah, little runner boat, a little thing. We could get a little crappy John boat with a paddle or something. 
Something. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a little jumbo for so cheap. That'd be ideal. If it has a leak or two, so be it. Hey, how was your migrator hunting? Like, tell it me was, about that hunt. It was fun, man. Like, like I said earlier, we were with uh, Matt. Yeah. And we were on a good flight line. But what was interesting is that, and Carter, you can weigh in on this, obviously, but they would. we were set up so close to the road. Yeah. And, like, we were pulling them down, and they were flying right over the field, and they would turn, and they'd check us out. So we didn't know if it was because of wind, because we had, like, 20-mile-an-hour wind. Mm-hmm. And if you go another 150 yards up, I'm sure there's more wind. Yeah. Obviously. And we were in a silage field, and I think they ended up killing... 38 36 i think 32 or something like that. 32 yep. yeah it yeah. was over 30 is a good number I yeah mean, 30 is a great number and threes you know and it was fun and like it realized it made me realize how out of shape i am really I had a rib out of place oh and i'm like blowing the call and i'm like oh, this really hurts yeah <laughs> you know so i'm just like damn but it like just kind of body like, or your lungs my my rib so like my ribs would expand my yeah. lungs would expand and push my ribs, and it would hurt. Oh. It happens like once a month. Oh. I have like two to three ribs that pop what? out. Yeah. It's wild. How? How did that ever happen? I don't know, but that's why I love Heather Reinhardt. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I never knew that. So what? I'm 30, bro. My I need God. a chiropractor. What do you want from me? I'm old. Brutal. But <clears throat> no, it was fun. It was fun breaking down birds and- Having clients shoot him every once in a while, one would sneak over to the left, and I bang it with the twenty gauge. And those clients were the best shooters I've ever seen. They were insane. Cal. Were they really? Like I couldn't get out of the blind fast enough. Were they young? No, no, older. They were like forties. Okay, they're from Tennessee, and they were just shooting their brains out. Yep. Damn. Like nothing got away. Having a great time. They were they were fast and accurate. And I'm like, yeah. Whoa. Yep. A couple of them. Threw a gun over me, and thank God I was wearing sound gear. Like literally, thank God I was wearing sound gear. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's a that's a thing too, man. It's like <clears throat> you start hunting in those big groups. I think we had eight. I think it was eleven total. Okay, eleven guys. total. Yeah, and it's like I wasn't anywhere near the callers, but there was like a couple times where I'm like talking to people, and I take the sound gears out, and I'm just like chatting with people and whatever, and then birds start. Like flying our way, and we start calling at them. I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I just have to put it back in my head. Yeah, dude. So loud, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Man. "Oh my god!" I the first time I realized how much I appreciated the noise deafening of the goose calling in a blind was when we were at Bob's. At Bobby guys, yeah. And it was like um, Joe and you, and I was right next to you and Joe, and then I think was it Josh Neck. Mm-hmm. On the right side of me, and Bob right there, and you know when everyone in that blind is calling, and and dude, it was a long day of calling there, you know. I mean, I remember we had to work for him for a while, dude. By like ten o'clock, when you have just been hearing people and personally blowing a call, and it's just been nonstop, and you take sound gear out, you realize how many hours of listening to loud blowing calls you've just saved from. And it's oh, so annoying. It's bad for your hearing, dude. It's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. Well, and then mix it in with a bunch of gunshots. And then uh, mix it in with like being in a pit. Yeah. Oh, dude, did you wear sound gear when you judge calling contests? Uh, this year I did. 
I mean, I put, it's like I put earplugs in because I just didn't have them. Put earplugs in, and that helped a lot. And then uh, at Game Fair, I had sound gear. Yeah, in my right ear, I had sound gear because it was just like it hurt so bad. Yeah, dude, it's insane. It I sometimes good. I'm like, yeah, because there's been contests where you judge like, and they're just blowing. I mean, so many. They're bludging. They're blowing right at the judge tent, dude. They're and you're like, like five. Burp. Yeah, you're five feet Not from even. them. Not even. Not there's either. a there's a it's vinyl a, curtain. It's unbelievable. I I know when I'm sitting out there in the crowd and it's been going on for like two or three hours and Joey's been back there judging every single one of them. Man, I'm like, dude, that is just brutal, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of getting burned out on the contest. Yeah, I'm judging them. Speaking of which, you can use code Flyways. They changed it. So I had them change it from instead of that MWF125. We just got a comment about it, by the way, so sorry. But it's Flyways now. Way easier to remember, I thought. Right. So we'll try to get everybody all the promo code signed over. For now, this is the first one. And on the and, YouTube van- banner. Yes. You can call a phone number now. It's very easy. And the reason that it's a phone number is because you have to get custom fitting done for your sound gear. So call the phone number that's on our YouTube banner. I've got it here right. too as well. If Go ahead and say it, Carter. It is 855-483-1809. Perfect. Thank you. So if you call that phone number, then they'll schedule a time for you to get fit. And if you want to get customs, doing that, calling that phone number gets you 200 bucks off your customs. So absolutely worth it, and you should do it. Do that. What's interesting that I saw from this early season, we were out in uh, North Dakota when we shot all the bands, and uh, geese were super responsive then. And we haven't really had a win, a win when I was hunting like that. I think we had like 11 to 15 miles an hour. It was like the perfect wind. Where they could hear us from a long distance, but also they were responsive and they were landing exactly where we wanted them to land. Uh, when we were migrator hunting, it was like 20 to 25. It was a little bit too much wind and they were like, they would bank like this and they'd come towards us and you could see them say, nah, and just keep pushing. So I didn't know if that was from, they were just migrators and they're like, I don't want to fight this wind or if they weren't hungry enough yet to like come down and feed. They just wanted to keep pushing. Because we had a lot of cloud cover that day, and so we had a low ceiling, which means those are the most susceptible migrators because they can definitely hear your calls. They can definitely see your decoys, you know. And so I'm just interested to see how the rest of the season will go because the rest of my early season hawker hunting has been, like, okay. Hasn't been phenomenal or anything. Like yeah. They have not been responsive How'd you calls. do on Sunday? We did okay. We did okay. But it was the same type of deal. It was a migrator day, and um, they just didn't really care. They would come and check us out. We had a pond with decoys in the pond, and we had, like, honkers going up the hill. I know where we're at. And we are hunting in a trailer blind, and uh, they weren't flaring, not one bit. Yeah. They were just... Was it grass well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it was... It was our hide was incredible, but like they did not flare once. They just didn't care. Yeah, and that's kind of felt. It just kind of felt like we were on our first migrator hunt. Well, and then I was with him again Sunday, completely different field, and that's exactly what happened to us too. They would come check it out, but they don't care. They just left. They didn't flare or anything. They just didn't 
They didn't want anything out. How mm. close did they get? Um, we had a few flocks, probably 100, 150 yards. They'd come in, check it out. And then there were some flocks that just didn't even look. They would fly within 500 yards of the field, didn't give you a look at all. What about you, Joe? It's about the same, except for the fact that when we were migrating hunting the first time, they would be at like 100. It's like they're coming in, they're doing it, and then all of a sudden they just check, and mm. they just go. It was really weird. That's like bizarre. 150 is like... We we didn't have enough we didn't have enough decoys like they didn't have a place to land. There was no clouds that day too. Sure. So like there's so many more yeah. variables at that distance versus what I've seen all year where they just they either fly by and don't even skip a wing beat or they are just flying right over you mm-hmm. and they're just gone. Yeah. It's annoying. Where it's like we're in the right spot. We have plenty of decoys. They can see us and we have plenty of calling. They either are not hungry enough, it's too early in their journey from when they started migrating, or I don't know. Like, there's just so many variables. I don't know where to go. How many did you guys end up shooting out there? In Wisconsin? Yeah. Sorry, I unplugged my headphones by accident. Um, I don't know. We didn't really keep track. I think we were at, like, 10 when I had to leave. Okay. And they were just starting to really work. Did like, they stay out there? Yeah, they stayed out there for a while, and I hadn't talked to them since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how they ended up. Yeah. But I know that the next morning, uh, one guy went out there by himself, and he shot a band. Were they, like, responsive to calling and then just didn't want to finish, though? Or? Yeah. No, they'd, they'd come over the pond. Yeah. They'd hook. Some of them were even maple-leafing like this coming really? towards us, and then the wind was like this to come and land into the decoy spread, so we had, like, kind of a over our left shoulder wind. This is, like, kind of adjacent. So they kind of had to hook around. They had to hook around, and they would just, like, start maple-leafing, and they'd start hooking. They'd hit the wind, and they're just like, I don't, I don't want to be here. It was weird. They wouldn't like speed up their wing beats or anything. Like there was no sense of flaring in Wisconsin. None. Just like they would either do this, hang up, and then turn, or they would go like this and fly directly over us. Wild. Away man. from us. And it's just like 150 what is, yards up. What is going on? Like we were breaking down a couple of flocks. I think our, our biggest flock was probably like two hundred yards up. You know? But I couldn't tell if they were locals or migrators because maybe like two flocks came out of the north. How many How many birds in a flock? Like were you seeing big flocks or smaller yeah. flocks or what? Yeah, we were seeing a lot of 10s. Okay. And then a couple of 30 to 40s. Seems like migrators. It was weird. It was weird. And it's just one of those things where people are like, well, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. And it's like there are zero signs of that. You yeah. know, and we landed a couple of flocks and they were probably 40 yards out. And so, like, we only killed one or two out of them. <coughs> and uh, then we opened up the decoys so they'd land a little bit closer. And then they finished closer. Yeah. So there's, say, there's something it, like that where you can be like, they're landing too far out. Let's bring them closer. That's what I was going to ask you. you think anything of the decoys had to do with it? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, they had a lot of full bodies and sleepers and everything. Everything. Good mix. And it was really good visibility. Like, super good. So... It was weird. Big spread? Yeah. It was probably like 400 full bodies. Okay. That's a lot. It's like a lot. It was like a lot. Yeah. It's like a lot. It was like a lot. Were you running a pretty big spread, Carter? Yeah. With Matt? I had 
three trailers out in a green field and just didn't care. Wild. Yeah, it was. How many decoys do you think that is? A lot. It took a long time to pick up because we couldn't drive in. Yeah, probably about there. Wow. A thousand, you said? Uh, Probably close to that, yeah. That's like like too many. (laughs) It's so hard. Like with early season, especially with like molts, you would think the more decoys you have out, the better. But at the same time, it's like, is the risk worth the reward? Like the amount of work that you have to put in, be like, hey, guys, we're going to smack them. Let's put our trailers together. Let's get out as many decoys as we can. And then you kill seven. You kill yeah. ten. It's yeah. such it's such think, a gamble, dude. It's such a gamble. I think my yeah, my my question would just be like from four hundred decoys to a thousand, are you killing twice as many today? I don't know. I'm not saying anything. I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying, you know, circumstantially you have to figure that out, I guess, for yourself, but I just don't I don't know. But but when it does happen, because have you ever been on like a good molt? Because I don't think you have. Maybe maybe twenty five birds. I've never been on like a crazy shoot. You know, Dude. yeah, twenty five geese maybe when the limo was three. So that was a good day, but not like it's not like forty or fifty geese. You know. Because, dude, there's just something about when they're working out of those clouds. Mm-hmm. Good God, man, they just pull down and they just take the elevator. Yeah. It is the coolest thing ever. It's almost as good as Mallard's touch in the water. Almost. It's not there though. Yeah, I mean I think watching geese, yeah, that's that's definitely the coolest a goose can look when it, when you're hunting it. Maple mm-hmm. leaf and then like coming down from super, super high and it, you know, yeah, that's sick. Well, it's like they're from out of town. Yeah. And you convince that thing so hard mm-hmm. and they're giving it up so hard where they're holding pumpkins and they're just Trying to drop altitude as fast as they can. It's like, oh my! You're making god. me excited. Oh my god! Yeah, I would, man. Yeah, I, I like I said, I've been, uh, you know, a good one, but not, not where you're like, every single bird is from, you know, two, three hundred yards up, and they're just, you know, stupid, and they just drop. You know, every flock is maple leafing in, and no, nah, I haven't, I haven't done that. There's just such a difference when you know. That they weren't going there. Like, I did... Like, the reason why they came in here and they landed or they got within 30 yards or 40 yards is purely because of my research, decoy spreads, calling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy shit. We just killed 60. We just killed 80. And the ones that were banded are from way out of town. Like, these are not locals. They are not dumb we did not find an X. Like it's like purely on your merit why you killed those birds. Yeah, you think those eighty you guys killed with Joe that was migrators? Yeah, no, we we estimated about twelve were locals based okay. on how they were flying. So like the ones that were under a hundred yards in the air, those were locals. Everything else was way out there and way up there. It's like yeah. And then they just all the way down. Sick. And then you shoot three bands out of a flock, and it's like they're all from Churchill, Manitoba. Yeah. That's 2,080 miles or however far. It was from where we were, and it's like, hell yeah. 
And those birds were banded a month prior, but they were uh, juvies, so they weren't babies, but they were they were a year old or more when they were banded. And so they flew that distance in under a month. Yeah, I, nuts, I absolutely dude. need to get on one where it's like 60, you know, because I, I want to see, I've seen it, but you know, when it's, when you're three birds, right, and you shoot like 23, 24, mm-hmm. it's eight guys, it's not long enough of me watching it happen all day for it to just burn into your brain, you know, like you want, you want the like three hours or the four hour hunt of just like constant, constant. birds just falling from the sky, like mm-hmm. maple leafing down and, you know. Yeah, that's that's. I need a longer time period of doing, you know, of it yeah. happening. No, it's just honestly, it's not. It's not the amount. No, it right. is. It is the act. Of I know. Like, if you didn't do a damn thing, there is no way in shit they're coming down. However, through research, decoy spread, numbers, whatever it is, and calling, there's like they're in a big V flying, and then you see the back one go like this. And yeah. it's like way up there, dude. It's yeah. Like, oh my god! And then you see thirteen of them out of that flock do this, right? All the way down. It's like, oh yeah, oh shit, it's on. And then another fifteen minutes later, they're finally landing in the spread, and you kill them, and it's like, holy shit! Yeah, that was unbelievable. That's sick. I'm getting. Pumped. It's it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm getting pumped up. Mm-hmm. I'm fired up. Yeah, you yep. make me want to go hunting. I'm fired. But yeah, man, that's the cool part about living in the Midwest. So I'd say it's North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, even Iowa. South Dakota. South Dakota. You get that mole migration and there's just, it's like a different feeling of hunting. It's just so cool because you'll shoot bands from all over the country. It's so cool. Well, that's the thing. It like only happens for a short amount of time. Right. And that's why like I want to have one of those longer hunts where that vision is like you get to keep it with you, you know, for the rest of the year. Those shorter hunts, like if it's like an hour, you know, you're like, yeah, it was cool, but like we're done already, you know. Mm-hmm. So it happened a couple of times because with a mallard, right, like that perfect mallard coming in, you feel like you get a chance to do that pretty much every time you hunt, at least an opportunity during duck season. So like maybe today I'll see a mallard perfectly do it. And every time you go out, you think that. But can't molt migrate or hunt all year. No. You know what I mean? So, like, that hunt, you only get a short amount of time during the start of the season to do it. One, I think the really cool thing is they're a different bird from a different area. <coughs> and so if they see a bunch of geese doing something, they're going to be more susceptible. They're just more susceptible and vulnerable. But at the same time, they're not. They're hard to kill. Like, you need to have the perfect conditions, the perfect wind, the well, perfect yeah. spot, the perfect uh, decoy me, spread, really good calling, dude. So, like, when it happens, it's just magical. Well, and that's the cool part, right? Because they're already on the path to leave. So, you're like you said, 100%, without a doubt, you're trying to make them do something they don't want to do. I think that's just the coolest thing about waterfowl is, like, mallards, geese, you can just make them do shit that they would never do unless you were really good at what you're doing. I love that they migrate too, dude. Like they're not there all year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming and going. You know, you have to time it out right and know they're here and then make them want to do what you want them to do. Right. Yeah. Deer, they live there. <laughs> I mean, 
like fuck, bro. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to talk shit. I'm just saying, like, damn, bro, he stays. You know, you've been watching him on a camp for three years. <laughs> so you just waiting to shoot him, like, axe. Exactly. Oh but, my god, that's so funny. But anyway. um, you would Carter, you were saying something about a band the other day. Yeah. So Sunday we were uh, hunting migrators um, near like an hour away from where I live, and I was with Matt Robertson. And um, we weren't having a lot of luck. There was one migrator flock, though, that came over and looked like they passed us, just like all the other ones. But one sucked out of it, came down all the way, was maple leaf in. I got it all on video. I was videoing and um, came through, came right across the spread. They called the shot late and shot four times and sailed it like 500,000 yards into a lake. I flew over it with my drone later and didn't see it. So I was like, okay, well couldn't find it i uh later that night i looked at the footage and it was banded the one that came yeah, down sick yeah and uh I, well you sent you sent me and i'm sure a couple other people a snapchat where it's like am i crazy or is this banded i'm like a hundred percent banded yeah because he came down legs out we were all looking at it and we didn't see the band like we we couldn't see it at all in person and we right away we asked each other if it was banded and we all said no we all looked at its legs and it wasn't but in the footage, I was like, that that has to be a band. So I called Nick uh, Gilliard because he was the one on the right that sailed it. And I said, hey, you, you sailed a band. And he uh, sent me a Snapchat saying, I'm going to go find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, after work, it was like 4 p.m., he sent me a video of him in his truck. He's got a boat in the back. He's just driving. And then like four hours later, he sends me a video of him dripping sweat. He's got a dog, and he holds up the band. He found it. It was from Missouri like two years ago. That's sick, sick. dude. Yeah, it was. It's awesome. pretty cool. I mean, I can't believe you like found it. Yeah, no, it it wasn't in the water. It was in the field past the water. So they were just holy shit. After they searched the water, then they grid searched the field and found it. Wow. What kind of a field was it? It was like a clover field that it looked like from the video. That's unreal. Yeah, it was, and it was the bird was eaten from like a coyote before, so. It was torn up, but it's still the band. Wow. Pretty sick. That's like, so you insane. think it got torn up after he got shot? Yeah, like something ate it. Yeah, like Holy it died shit. in the field and something came and ate a piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty sick. I think I should get the band, but... I mean, <laughs> I mean you just motivated the guys to go and find, yeah, uh, find the dead goose. But the amount of times, man, where maybe it's just superstition again. The amount of times that I've heard stories... Of people going looking for a bird for an absorbently that's not exorbitant a word. <laughs> exorbitantly I'm nope exorbitant amount of time yeah what the fuck <laughs> oh, exorbitant right, amount we're, of time we're gonna get out of here soon exorbitant amount of time to go find a bird and it's banded I'd say it's like sixty percent of the time seventy percent mm-hmm. that one that sailed it's like so now it's like oh yeah I don't think we're gonna find that bird it's like I'll go find that bird. That's why I looked at I it. I will go find that bird. Looked at it right when I got home. I was like, I'm, I'm going to look back at it because I knew <laughs> I had it good on film. And yeah, it was, it was banned. But honestly, like if, unless I know it's banded, I probably won't spend six hours looking for it. Just throwing that out there. No, no. six hours is a little much. It's a little um, much. An, an hour. An hour. I think is reasonable. I've spent an hour a lot oh, yeah. of times where I'm like, that's where it is. And then the cat ma- cattail maze just screws me. I legit just thought you were going to say cat man. <laughs> The cat man. And then the cat me. man. The me. cattail maze just screws me. Yeah. 
and then it turns into an hour. I'm sweating. I end up drinking the water. That's bad. Because <laughs> I'm dehydrated. That's true. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to look, but they thought it was in the water, and we didn't have a boat or waders or anything, so they didn't didn't go look. Yeah. It was a lake. Yeah. yeah. Right. Damn. We're doing a, a home TV show for the Outdoor Channel at the cabin. Right. Yep. Which is wild. Yeah. And so uh, they're doing a story on my dad of how he became like in love with the outdoors and made his whole family revolve around it. And so he took me hunting from when I was like a year and a half old. And then now here we are, we have a podcast and a business and all that in the industry. And uh, my whole life revolves around the outdoors. And so when they called and asked to do it here at Ram Ranch, I'm like, no, the person you should talk to is my dad because he is... Mm-hmm. wildman.com and uh so i'm leaving this week and i'm going to scout for duck opener the the following week mm-hmm. and i'm going to be on the outdoor channel for fishing and family yeah. stuff yeah and it's pretty funny too because who i don't know if it'll happen or not but they're trying to do one with me and my brothers and my dad too at the cabin um we're trying to figure out if it's possible right now in terms of dates and lining stuff up, but they had reached out to us cause they wanted to do it about duck and goose hunting. <laughs> right. And this whole time it's going to turn into doing it more about fishing with our dads, which sweet. is pretty cool. It is pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So if you're on the outdoor channel in the next year and a half, I don't know when yeah. it's going to be released, but next year, I think sometimes you might see my face on six Oh five satellite. There you go. Six Oh five satellite, baby. There you go. <laughs> So that's pretty cool. But um, it'll be really interesting to see how 12 camera people right. operate. With your dad, mm-hmm. no less. He's going to be so funny, dude. He's going to... My dad. You know, the amount of people that came and, like, messaged me, us, you, Connor, about, like, Rob being their favorite episode is insane. Yeah, I didn't get that many messages. But I did. I got a shitload. I got a couple, yeah. I'm like, damn. I know. Well, he's hilarious. And and the he last did. episode we did with Rob is probably my favorite episode. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't believe, believe it's, it's not, not butter. butter. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was crying. Was Carter here for that or no? No. That was pre-Carter? Pre-Carter. Oh, my God. Yeah, no video for that one either. That was just us riffing. That would have been unreal yeah, if we had video for that. Hell, dude. That would have been bad. Well, that would have been bad. Guys, I want to talk about our last podcast sponsor of the night. It is Outlaw Light Beer. Let me tell you, 4.2%, awesome. It's like a bush light, but with taste. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's actually great. It's good. It's so good. It actually does remind me of like a Rolling Rock kind of. It is it is a light beer with flavor. Yeah, but it's a better Rolling Rock. It's got rock. more flavor than Rolling Rock. Though. Way, I do. Yeah, I agree. Way more. And honestly, guys, it's just... I can't stop drinking it. The, the well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not no. good. Well, like that might well, be a you know. Issue. Now, what I was gonna say is, I actually am shocked at how much I do like it. Cal's a big uh, vodka seltzer guy. I st- I typically have big been white a cocktails guy, guy man. Big really, white claw guy. Yeah, truly guy. Yeah, calories. You know, yep. this only has one hundred five. Bingo. That's a big win, and it and it's got flavor. I like it. It's got flavor. A lot. You don't have to drink 12 of them to get drunk. It's pretty nice. Now, I wouldn't know that for sure. Right. Because I've never drank 12 beers. 
mm-hmm. you know? I've but. never drank 12 beers in the last hour. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. But um, anyway. No, I agree. Love it. Go get it. It's only in 10 states. So Missouri. Uh, you don't have to name them out every single Illinois. time. But no, you go on their website, Outlaw, outlawbeer.com. You go check that shit out. Don't know if that's the website, but I guarantee it'll come <laughs> up. Oh, well, guess we'll see. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, all right. I well, may have had a couple. Yeah. Too many. I may have had a couple. It's about time to wrap this up. I went on a teal hunt. I just want to wrap this with a couple quick notes. Um, <laughs> early teal, I'm just going to throw this out there. They can stop doing it if they want. Stop yeah, doing they, can. they can stop doing early teal. Oh, yeah. I'm cool with it. Yep. I'm Good. fine. I just want the DNR to know. I know that they listen to what we think and what we say, Joey. Yeah. And especially the listenership on the podcast. Um, I just want them to know. We talked about it, and it's fine with us if you just end the early teal season. We're okay with it. Um, I went out on one teal hunt, and... It was fun because it was just me, Gavin, Riley, and we went out for like an hour and a half. But we went out there, dude, and we had a huge two groups of teal, like right at shooting light, probably like 40 to 50 birds in each flock. Mm. Man, and they were just, boom, right in front of us, dude, like right at shooting light. Joey and Riley, both. Gavin and Riley. I wasn't there. Gavin and Riley, both had no ammo in their guns. Not ready at all. Um, Gavin's ammo, I actually think, was way behind him, like 10 to 20 feet in the reeds, <laughs> hiding somewhere else. He hadn't like brought it with him yet. Uh, and you can see how seriously they were taking this, and I was taking this. I was taking it so seriously that I forgot my gun. So I was just taking pictures. That's how serious it was. And, um, yeah, we had the two flocks do it super hard in the beginning of the morning. And um, I think by the third pass... Gavin and Riley had each put one shell in their gun. They each took one shot, and they each shot one teal. Uh, and, yeah, Chance went out and received the, retrieved the two teal, and then we boogied, man. That was it. Like, we literally shot these two. We waited for, like, an hour, hour and a half. Had no other real activity whatsoever of birds coming to check us out or anything, and we dipped. And it was probably 95 when degrees when you left. It was, like, literally 90 degrees when we left, yeah. It was so Super hot. Man. So, that said... You guys can end early teal. It was fun. We enjoyed it, but um, it wasn't real fun. I have to do it. Yeah, it's well, been he, real. It's been fun. Hasn't been real fun. I think that's the best way to say. Here's it. here's my thing, man. The amount of memes on yeah. Instagram and oh TikTok God. of people being like, "This is a rainbow teal. This is a green teal. This is a like they're just so obviously not teal." Yeah, it's like these memes alone are going to get teal season canceled, 100%. which I'm okay with because I think it messes with our duck opener. Youth duck opener already messes with our shit plenty. You think so? Oh, 100%, dude. Now they are conditioned. They are aware they're going to get shot at. Yeah. And so now they're more weary. However, if the whole state opens up at the same time, everyone's going to have a good hunt because they've been saying for years, Oh, the reason why we start so early in Minnesota is because that's when the most people are hunting. You know, most people are fair weather hunters. Sure. And like the hardcore people, blah, blah, blah. If that's the case, why have an early teal season? Why have a youth hunt and make it so that less people are successful? Like, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that birds haven't been shot at since 
January of last year, they're not going to know what hits them. Yeah, man, I agree with you. They're not going to know. If it was up to me and I just had a choice, I would rather nobody shoot a single bird until opening day at sunrise. You know? I've got a proposal. Yeah. I do opening week. Okay, guys. Carter's got a proposal. Okay. That means you should listen. We we do opening week, and then we do a split from October 1st through the 31st, and then our season runs into December when we have birds. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That'd be pretty cool. I like that. I I think everybody that wants to hunt waterfowl for real and get that good push of mallards and see them when they're here, I think everybody would agree with you. Yeah. I really don't. I would say keep geese open, though. Yeah. Just ducks. Do you guys ever talk to people that think that it should stay like earlier? No. Do you talk to a lot of people that want it to be earlier? No, it's mainly old older people. Right. Because it's easier on them. Yeah. Like my dad likes that the season is earlier. Yeah. But he's 66. He's an old bastard. Yeah. And I'm a young spry man. A lot of, with a lot of life in a man. <laughs> and I want to... And I want to go out when it's cold and just hammer those birds. Speak of the devil. Yeah. Bobby Darren himself is calling I love me it. right now. It's and I just hung up on him. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, I agree with you. It's But I think that what you said, Carter, that would like efficiently solve both ends of the party. You know? You get a week or even if they did 10 days, dude. Yeah. Do like 10 days, start the year nice and early. Everybody starts shooting the same day. Right? And then for all I care... You could have a youth season after we close. Yeah. No, that's when it'll be good. You know? The youths. No, let's do the youths like October 10 through October 15. Whatever allows us to hunt mallards through through December. Not two weeks. Just give me the whole. Give me the damn. Yeah, closing closing Thanksgiving is brutal. Give it to me. You know, just let me, allow me <laughs> to do it. Carter, I think that's a good cue for some outro music, if I'm being honest. Well, allow me. Yeah. Amigo. Okay. Well, Venga conmigo all right. a las patos. I think we're going to okay. we'll have to wrap up here before Joey gets too wild. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Cállate. We appreciate it. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, we gotta wrap this. Cayete. Thanks for listening, guys. Let Cayete. us know what you want to hear more of. Follow us on the other channels. Oh, subscribe to the video podcast channel, Midwest Flyways Podcast on YouTube. See you guys soon. Hey, Carter. One more thing, by the way. 